in reality, you know, in the end of it, they're buying somebody that they trust and somebody that they respect. Yeah. And if the trust and respect aren't there to where you have to ask what I offer, you know, it's it's not like you're buying a car or something. No. You're like, tell, tell me the features. Yeah. Does this one have windows? <laughs> you're like, no, it's a person. It's yeah. a human being. It's yeah. different. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordon Podcast. I am your host, Justin Mahaley. And today I am joined by the infamous accountability master of the entire fitness industry, John Dorsey, also known as Goob. This conversation is awesome, and I'm really excited for you guys to get some more insight onto how he does exactly what he does and holding the top of this industry as accountable as possible. Goob, it was absolutely amazing having you on inside. There's some incredible stuff. As always, leave us a five-star rating, review, share us with your friends, subscribe to the YouTube because the content is way more fire over there. Get ready for this one. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, John Dorsey, a.k.a. Goob, it's been what I've been doing this podcast three years and you're finally getting on this. Po- How long have we be, we've been friends? We've been friends about about three years, I think. Right. I think you were starting this podcast the, the, uh, when I when I first met you. So sure. you and I became friends because you hit me up. And I'm going to leave names out of it. But man, when I'm talking to Goob, it gets really difficult to not bring names into it. Because you hit me uh, up because you were like, hey, this girl, you remember who I'm talking about? This girl is like saying these things about you. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Because like that is not true at all. A former client of mine. I remember it now. Yep. I remember it now. Yep. And you came to me now. and you were like, she's trying to make something out of nothing. And I was like, no, she's trying to make something that doesn't even exist. And that's how you and I became friends. So me and Ross weren't really tight yet. Um, but you and Ross have been tight for a long time. How do you and Ross, how do you guys know each other? How, how far back do y'all go? So we both, the first show that Ross ever did was also the first show I ever did. Okay. And we met at this show and like we went by ourselves because okay. this was 2015. Okay. Instagram wasn't super bodybuilding friendly yet. Yeah. You didn't have like this giant network of people. Yeah. And I had seen him tag the show in some of his posts and he saw me tag the show in some of my posts. Yeah. You know, like hashtags, Baltimore, whatever the fuck yeah. it was. And I showed up and it's just me by myself and him by himself. And I walked up to him and I was like, so you also don't have any friends uh, and are an unlikable prick too, huh? And he's like, yeah. And uh, and we became friends ever since then. No Literally way. That's that fantastic. Day. Okay. So there, there's a criticism that I love that you get when these fucking people are like, well, what the fuck do you know? And you're like, all right, send me a video of you benching 315 pounds. Or what the fuck do you know? And you post a picture of like your bodybuilding show when you were like in shape and you're like, Hey, I wasn't like some fucking standout bodybuilder, but Hey, I did the shit. I went through the process. I got on stage. I looked presentable and I, mean, I absolutely I sucked, love that. But at, at least I always won my class, but like I suck. Okay. You know I mean? But, like, but, but what does suck mean? Because I just had this conversation with Danielle earlier, actually, because uh, we were at breakfast and she was like, wait, do people actually message you telling you you suck at bodybuilding? I'm like, yeah, I actually get messages every week from people saying I suck at bodybuilding. <laughs> and I'm like, I've won two overall, so I must not be that terrible, but it's not like I'm a threat for the Olympia this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I won stuff, but like I suck. Yeah. Like I know that like if I'm going to, 
to nationals, I'm sitting in the audience. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm not a fool, but like, you know, like yeah. you win a show. It just depends on what show it is. You know, yeah. You're in the right place. Yeah. I competed for a few years yeah. and I was like, you know what? This really is just more misery for me. The one thing about you it. that I can attest to, because obviously I've met you in person quite a few times. One thing I can attest to John does not have a single genetic in his body that would make him this elite bodybuilder. So you could take all the drugs, all the everything, all the whatever. I think you could be really strong in powerlifting, but that's not really what you love. You don't have this physique that's just like, oh man, this guy can get up to, you know, however tall you are and like 230 pounds or something. Like you're, you, yeah. you know, you're not, you don't have that. I mean, I'm like, I'm like two ten five four. So I'm really strong. Yeah. Jeff Sullivan actually has reached out and he's like, dude, if you ever want to do powerlifting, like you, yeah. you'd be incredible. You could be really good you. at it. Yeah. yeah hey, like, I, right. I, I have a funny story about, uh, you said Joe Sullivan, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I did the Ohio in 2019 and that was the first show that I won. He was in the audience. I knew who he was because he had a big voice in powerlifting. And one of the greatest things of that show, like winning it was cool, but he posted this picture of me and he tagged me in it and he said, peeled FFS. And I was like, I asked someone, I was like, what does FFS mean? And they were like, for, for fuck's, fuck's sake. sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. hey, man, that's a great compliment coming from someone who like knows physique and, and strength sports. But one thing I don't know about you, I feel like I know a lot about you. Um, one thing I don't know about you, what got you started into like bodybuilding coaching? I also want to have a quick highlight on this because something that I hate and I, I've, I've voiced this to many people, um, as I consider you a, a good friend of mine, you're someone who, if I call or you call, we're picking up the phone and we're going to fucking figure out, you know, what was up. Yeah. Um, people view you as like the guy who holds others accountable for like their wrongdoings and whatnot. But like, I see you get really freaking impressive athlete results. And what's cool about you is you do it at an affordable price tag. So what got you into like helping people and what got you into like having the motivation and the drive to like, Hey, I have my law degree, but fuck that. I want to help these people become better in their, you know, physique or in their, in their, um, performance or health or whatever. So I, uh, I I used to post on Reddit bodybuilding all the time. Yeah. Like when I would do my preps, I didn't share it to Instagram. I'd share it on like Reddit because yeah. I, was, I was a member there. People kind of knew who I was just a little bit. And you'd get questions all the time from these kids like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing the show. What do you think? What do you think? And I would tell them all more or less the same like, hey, you're going to act like you paid me. Yeah. And I'm going to act like you paid me. Yeah. And I'm going to help you to the stage. You yeah. Know, we're going to get there. And I did that with, you know, 30, 40 kids over, over the years that I was yeah. competing for no cost, for no money. And then I find myself, you know, middle of law school, I'm broke. My Honda Accord is about to be repossessed. <laughs> I couldn't afford this. My payment was like 180 bucks. Or something. I was like, I can't even <laughs> afford this piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, rent is coming due. And I was like, fuck, like I need money. My yeah. You're in law school. So you contractually, you can't work more than 20 hours a week. They oh, make you really? Okay. You can work part-time and that's it otherwise you get the fuck out yeah and i'm like what the fuck can i do and i'm already violating that by like a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah. have a job at the library and a job at this hospital where i work the weekends overnight shifts okay and, but i didn't have like i you know it's all that books and all the shit that you're paying for it's like i didn't have any money yeah and i was like you know what online coaching is something that people are starting to do i saw you know it was already like in the middle but it wasn't how it is today yeah and i was like let me put it up there you know what's my price point uh, like 65 a month i think i started initially yeah and so i threw that out there $65 a month. And all these people that had previously messaged me that knew me on the Reddit board were like, 
Oh yeah, I'll do that. 65 a month. I didn't know what I was doing at the time that I had accidentally undercut everybody yep. by like a hundred bucks a month. Yep. And, and that attracted like a ton of people to come and give me a shot. And it was cool because I had like, I wasn't charging a lot and I, I wasn't that great yet, but I was willing to try and yeah. learn and adapt and, and evolve. But I had so many people to work with. So you yeah. learn, you know, like the more people you, you've had it now where it's like, you get someone you're like, I've had somebody just like this kid and I know exactly what's going on. Yes. And I know kind of where to start and I know what to pay attention to. And that's going to help me. And I got all of that because I think 200 people. <laughs> like that's incredible. That's it incredible. Was, it was insane. It yeah. was absolutely insane. Yeah. And then I realized I can't keep up with this. I got to, you know, evolve on my price, evolve on my price. Yep. And, and I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm comfortable making this amount of money and doing this. So, I mean, I've, I've been doing that for years now, yeah. years and years and years. And I don't really post about it that much anymore. Yeah. I don't really have to, which is a nice thing. Absolutely. Like, I don't really have to market it. Some guys like you, you know, that I coach and people will find my website link and they're like, oh, I coach this. And then they yeah. hire me based off of that. But yeah, that's yeah, uh, well, cool. Whenever you go through and you post your client results, uh, you always have some really good stuff. And, you know, like I said, I don't want to get lost in the wilderness of this conversation that like, like Goob's a respected coach. Like you're friends with, you know, myself, you're friends with Shane hugely, you're friends with James, At James Atlas, you're friends with, I think you're friends with Cameron Cheek. I think you, you know, you've uh, bumped elbows maybe with like Matt Jansen and, you know, these people who know who you are um, that like, like Goob's a very respected coach. I think you do a really good job, but something that I find really impressive is it seems like you have a lot of loyalty and buy-in from the, the athletes that work with you. Um, and, you know, of course on Instagram, like it's not like we ever see the failures, right? But it's like, I feel like what I see from you is you do a good job of loyalty and buy-in. And later in the conversation, I want to cover, um, if you're listening to this podcast, how the hell do I get started if I want to make money in this industry? But right now, I want to touch on something that I'll tie into that later. All right. So something that I've noticed that you're extremely proficient in within your coaching is um, I see people that come to you have an extreme level of like buy-in, or I feel like you, you are really good at establishing loyalty within your people. And some of that might be the fact that, Hey, you know, you're willing to work with people at a price point. That's probably below the service that you offer people. Cause you want people to have a fair chance and you understand what it's like not being able to afford things. Like you just shared that story about, you know, your, 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 your law degree. Um, what do you think you do when people come on board with you? What are some things that you do that you feel like really does a good job of instilling that belief or that trust or loyalty that allow your people to go all in for you? So I think the uh, it, it's by the time somebody's hired me, by the time they've you know bought in, yeah, I think all the things I did before then are yeah. are what's important. So I don't market in any aggressive way to anybody. I don't get into anybody's inbox and say, you should do, do this. You should do that. I don't yeah. ask any of my clients to go and, you know, promote for me. It's, it's out there. If they find it, it's, it's there. If they've found it, they probably are such a fan of the other shit that I'm doing. Mm. They're like, what can I buy from this guy? Yeah. So they're already invested in some way and they start paying attention. They, I would say and a, a client probably on average, cause I asked them, where did you find me? Yeah. And then, you know, I usually have a conversation with them. Like, you know, you said Instagram, what do you mean by that? usually an average of six months they've been following me paying attention to what the fuck i'm doing yeah and then they see you know not only my stories but in my, in my instagram story not on my page yeah they have I, I post my clients and stuff and they're like oh okay he does that he does that he does that they've decided that they want to hire me 
long before they ever do it. And they're like, okay, well, today's the day. Yeah. I hate getting that DM and I will never entertain this ever. If somebody mm. DMs me and says, Hey, I'm shopping around. Uh, I'm looking at a few coaches. What do you offer? <laughs> I don't want you. Yeah. I don't want you at all. Yep. I will, I will recommend them three coaches that I trust that I yeah. think are in their area of price range. Yeah. And I say, go to these people. Cause I want somebody that's like, that's the reason you look at my people and you're like, they have so much buy. It's because yeah. the ones that hire me are the ones that really want to be there. Yeah. And they are buying a personality. They like yep. me, the people that go with you are all, and I've, I used to do a lot of posing coaching and I got yeah. to work with a lot of coaches clients Yeah, and I would, I would get like eight Mahaley clients or yeah. eight Dom Cardone clients yeah. or eight Ross Flanagan clients. And what I noticed is that you all attract a similar person multiplied. Yeah. So all eight of yours are a similar either demographic or personality type, but there's something about them that all attracted them to you. And they're mm -hmm. all similar in that respect. Dom Cardone, the same Ross Flanagan, the same myself, the same. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if it's not that person that's reaching out to me, if they're saying, oh, I'm shopping from this person and this person, and this person, do I want you to pay me for a month or two and then decide that you're not really fully bought into, you know, the, my personality and the person that I am and then go to somebody else? No, because that just hurts you. Mm -hmm. I made five, six hundred bucks yep. and you decided that you wanted to go somewhere else. Like to me, that's not, I would rather you go and find the person that you're supposed to yep. and, and, and excited to, to train with. Because in reality, you know, in the end of it, they're buying somebody that they trust and somebody that they respect. Yeah. And if the trust and respect aren't there to where you have to ask what I offer, you know, it's, it's not like you're buying a car or something. No. You're like, tell, tell me the features. Yeah. Does this one have crank windows? You're like, no, it's a person. It's yeah. a human being. It's yeah. different. So, so I want to, I want to expunge upon this a little bit. Um, I talk about, uh, like, equating things to football often as a lot of my background was in that strength and conditioning or the origin of my background was in the strength and conditioning realm. So like I saw recruiting happen in firsthand. Um, and within what I saw, I'm looking at these guys and I'm thinking like at, at, at the time, you know, I was, uh, 2021, 20, 22 and I was exposed to it. And at the time I was like, man, like, why would you not just go to Alabama? If you have an offer to Alabama, why would you not go to Alabama? And then when I'm actually behind the scenes, seeing things go on, I see recruits come through. No, you realize people choose based off of the comfort and the relationships. Who do they heart. feel? The, their heart. Yeah. They, you got a kid that probably grew up watching, you know, some other, I, I don't know any. I don't know a lot of sports. No, no, it, yeah. He got some kid that you know the whole his whole life he's a Cowboys fan. And yep. He's like, well, the Cowboys, you know, maybe they suck this year, but I'm going there because yeah. that's where I want to be. And and and, then, and people think that it works that way, but the reality is, man, once you start that actual process of like, hey, who am I going to instill my future in right now? It's about the comfort and the relationship with that person. How comfortable do you feel? What's the relationship um, component between your personalities combining into one collective unit? And, you know, you have to think just like this. Most of my athletes are with me about three, four, five years. I have a ridiculous amount over that three-year mark. Same. Like, that's a huge – that means they made the right choice. You made the right choice in bringing them on, and you guys are, 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 are cohesing together. You're both happy. There's nothing bad has happened. You've both held up your end of the bargain. I think that there's a place that – that coaches who are struggling to gain that traction with clients are kind of falling on right now is 
they're not quite sure what their message is. They're not quite sure who exactly they are. And one thing I love about you, every guest that comes on the podcast, I tell the podcast some of my favorite things about, about that guest. One thing I absolutely love about you, you are completely sure of who the fuck you are, what the fuck you bring to the table, yeah. and how you show up every day. How did you get to that point? Like, Because the whole time I've known you, you've been that way. How do you feel like you really got to that point? What kind of propelled you to go from, um, like, we've all been lost in the woods, right? But, like, you've really found yourself now. What do you think kind of took you to that level? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly think I've always just been this way. I, really? I, I don't, I, I think I don't have that point in my brain that people are like, well, what would others think? I post these videos. I, don't, I, I literally don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I, I really could care less, you know, yeah. what the what the fallout is for me. It's like, yeah. I just don't really care that much yeah. to me. I'd rather, I'd rather be honest than be fearful of things. It's like, I just, you, know, you just have to be honest. You're, you're talking about like these coaches where they, they either don't know themselves, but I think more often it's, they just don't know how to communicate something to other people online. And okay. I tell this to a, a lot of coaches, they ask me like, how, you know, what, what, what should I post? Like, how do I do my transformation yeah. photos? Like, it's not about that. No, they're looking at the transformation photos as a secondary, right? They're looking primarily at who the fuck you are. If there's nothing on your page of you talking and saying something, mm -hmm. like you do a lot of the, let me tell you something I like about you, Justin. Yeah. You, oh, do, a here. Those, <laughs> you do a lot of those face-to-face -face talks yeah. where it's just your face and a philosophy of your training or a philosophy of something that you care about mm -hmm. in the fitness realm. And that builds trust with people. Mm -hmm. And they they see that first. And then they're going to go, okay, well, I'm thinking about hiring that guy. Let me see what his athletes look like. Mm -hmm. Nobody sees a transformation photo and goes, oh, let me hire this guy. And if they do, yep. they're probably not sticking around very long. It's yep. like, you know, in the moment, oh, well, they got into shape. Let me let yep. me send my money at Justin right now. Yep. That's not a client that's going to last. But you have people that will look at your shit and they're like, he has a lot of good philosophies that I agree with. I've seen five of these videos now. Let me go before I send money. Let me see if he does a good job. Okay, okay, okay. He does. I'm signing up today. And I think bringing that, what does this person sound like? What are their thoughts mm -hmm. is more important than just slanging transformation photos. Yeah. The transformation photos are important because mm -hmm. I think they sell, mm -hmm. you know, the, the end, they push you over the edge. Okay. He does know how to do it. But the thing that really got them in the door is what was his personality? What's his philosophy? I've always posted, you know, my thoughts on stuff. Every time there's a holiday or something, I'm posting, you know, something related to that, something, mm -hmm. if there's, you know, a new change and I don't, I always do this black, uh, with white text yeah. posts. Yeah. And those always really resonate with people. David Desmosquita does a lot of those and he really kills it with those. I, I, yeah. I love those. And and that's selling your thoughts. Yeah. And it's like a, a demo of here's how I think and how I coach. And yeah. people can look at that and kind of have an idea, right? They're like, you know, they're looking at my Christmas post where I was like, guys, it's fucking Christmas. Please don't sit down at yeah. the dinner table with Tupperware. You're an asshole if you do. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, he's not that coach that's going to fucking ride me unless I'm, you know, ready, getting ready for a show. He's not yeah. going to ride me in a crazy way. So I understand that about him. And it's just one little data point that they get uh, to you know, to go on a little further. And something else about those posts that you're talking about, the black screen with the white text and things like that. 
what's beautiful about them. So you're attracting the people who, you know, like those points and who like the things that you're saying there. But then you're also attracting people who might disagree with one or two of the points. And then they'll share share your post and they're like, talk shit about it. Or like yeah. they'll they'll start talking shit in the comments on your post. But what people don't understand, like that's interaction. And that's boosting you up still in the algorithm and more people are seeing you. And when more people see you, it brings in more people who agree with that. So I agree with that 100%. I haven't personally done them but every time i know you do them i know david does them They're, you guys are the top two off my head uh, uh johnny casalina does some um you know shelby starnes is the og his oh are, is he his yeah are white with the black text his, no, his, his are the og i think his are on facebook isn't it a his, screenshot it looks like he writes them on a scroll or something bro yeah his are the og yeah. though yeah. his are the first ones i ever saw and i was like Damn, Shelby, that's smart. I need to do that. Hey, shit. I do agree with that. His are the first ones I ever saw, too. That's I, actually yeah. a big reason why I he was the first coach I ever hired. Shelby really? Starnes was. Yeah, I worked with him for my 2016 Mr. Ohio prep. And um, you probably saw his shit, and you were like, I get this guy's philosophy, and then you see all his transformations. Yep, you're like, yep. here's my money. Yep, absolutely. Because I've never needed to be like handheld or being told I do, I'm doing a good job. I actually want to be told the opposite. I want to be told that I'm not doing enough. And that keeps yeah. me going. That keeps me hunting for more. But one thing I want to touch on you know, with your coaching before we go on here, you've won a pro show. And people with, um, what was his name? The classic physique guy? Mike Glenn. Yeah. People don't understand. Me saying that on the podcast seems super casual. Because the people who are on the podcast are following, you know, coaches who win a lot of pro shows. You guys, do you guys realize there's not a lot of coaches who have ever, in the history of their resume, won an IFBB professional show? And Goob, John Dorsey, has done that. It was at Tampa uh, last year. I was in Tampa last year with Ashley. Uh, we got yeah, third, yeah. and you won uh, with you know your classic physique guy. That, well, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> we win. know you didn't win. You were there. The trophy. Yeah. Definitely, my fingerprints are on. So, it, so, so that's a very impressive mark to have on your resume. Um, I have one thing to run. No, I have two things run by you. First, I took notes of number one. You were talking about your law degree. Do you know Gary Vanderchuk? I'm not sure when I say that name what your what your feelings are about him, but when I say Gary Vaynerchuk, guy that sounds like <laughs> I only know his voice. I don't know much about him though. So his thought process on college is that unless you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor, and it's kind of backed up by what you said earlier, like you might as well send the kid on vacation somewhere overseas and they're going to get way better cultured and learn way more about themselves and way more about life X, Y, Z rather than wasting money on, you know, this degree because you're not going to be able to do anything with it. How do you feel about, you know, college and university because you went through your law school, but while you're going through law school, you were hardly allowed to do anything, but all of this money's going out. No money's coming in. Your car's about to get repoed, but hey, you're about to be a fucking lawyer. Like, oh, cool, man. Like, that means a whole lot. Yeah, when your car's about to get taken to the lot and you don't have money to get it out. I mean, it was, yeah, law school was a jerk off fest for me. It was yeah. like, I don't know. You're like sitting in this room. There's all these people. You realize you're like not the same as them. It's like, yeah. you know, Thursday comes around, they're out drinking and, and Friday comes around and they're out drinking and yeah. Saturday comes around and they're out at a party. And I'm sitting there thinking like, when do you guys go to work? And then you realize that a lot of them don't go to work because, well, somebody's paying for all their stuff and what's their parents that are also an attorney. Cause they have this lineage of, you know, people yep. going on. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, 
to me, it was, it was not for me. If I was like a really wealthy, if I came from a really wealthy family and I had all that going on, it would have been awesome, but I was yeah. on my own. Yeah. And, uh, and I went as like a, let me, you know, let me change my situation. And that was my, my earnest thoughts going to law school was let me change the situation for everybody that's after me. Okay. And, uh, law school didn't help me with that. It was, <laughs> it was a big mountain of debt that really didn't help. What did help though, was saying, fuck this, let me do shit on my own and figure yeah. out, you know, what I can do for myself. Uh, law school was, it, it's only advantageous to you if you have some footing already in that world. It, it really, you know, it, it really didn't work out in that way for me. A lot of those, you know, I'd be, I was literally, you know, I'd be going into work Friday night, leave the gym, yeah, go and, and I'm like looking at my Instagram or whatever it is. And these kids are out drinking. I'm like, when do they work? Yeah. And you know, yeah. the answer truly is they don't. They did it. A lot of them don't. Yeah. And I, I remember like, because I parent, parents were they, supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah crazy. Or they got, they got crazy scholarships based yeah. off of like, like for, for a lot of this shit, the scholarship is not based off of what you have. Yeah. It's based off of who you are. Yeah. You yeah. know, some demographic that doesn't have any, you know, I can't pay bills with my demographic. No. You know, my, my, my nice white face. Yeah. Doesn't pay yeah. My rent. yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately it doesn't. <laughs> well, I mean, shit, man. There's I some like, elements yeah. of society that believe it does, but unfortunately I can <laughs> confirm it does not. <laughs> Bro, I'm in the fucking financial aid office. I'm like, I have $80. Yeah. And you guys offered me. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. What is going on here? Yeah. They're like, well, you know, it's it's based off of this and this and this. And I was like, I'm you know, I'm literally first generation college kid. Yeah. First generation. There's no attorneys in my family. There's yeah. nobody who went to college in my family. Yeah. Now, first of all, these things. Is there anything? Yeah. Nope. There's nothing. Nothing. And there's kids I know for a fact. I know for a fact because they told me they had scholarships. This motherfucker has a AMG Mercedes. Oh my god! That he's parking illegally in the lawn, <laughs> racking tickets up every fucking day. And we had a conversation a few yeah. days ago yeah. where we were talking. You know, with A to D, I'm like, no. Nah. He's like, oh yeah, I got like sixty percent. Like, what the what? fuck? You got sixty percent? He got sixty wow. percent. I don't know. That's a huge. You know it. it what is it? It's it, it looks it starts to look like a business. It absolutely the longer is. you're in there. Yeah. It's like, damn, I'm paying. I can't. Yeah. But I have to. Yeah. And I'm struggling. Yeah. And there's kids that are just here just because. And it's ar- it's very arbitrary. Yeah. So you know, they say it's not arbitrary, but there arbitrary. used to be a huge ROI in college, you know, 40, 30, 40 years ago, you would go, you would be handed this paper. And then with that paper, you would be able to go get a job that immediately gave you ROI on the debt that you incurred uh, while you were obtaining that paper. And, you know, I have a similar situation as you. I was first generation college student. I was going to a private university, University of Cincinnati, um, was was privatized. I, I believe it still is um, in Ohio. So it was like twenty nine G's a year, some shit all in. My mom was poor as shit, dude. Like single mom putting us through, like yeah. putting me through. No scholarship, no nothing available to me. And one thing I will say. And these aren't my original thoughts. I heard this from Nick Gloff and Ben Yanes talking about it on a podcast. It taught me how to think and decipher between like um, when I read something like, all right, this is either bullshit or this is legitimate. What I got from college in my $124,000 of debt was 
I can, I have a great bullshit detector and I guess that's pretty cool. I didn't learn anything that pertains to my day-to-day -day job, but man, for me, if I could go back, I would want to take that 124,000, slice it in a fifth and just go travel the freaking world at 19 huh. years old or whatever, and actually get real experience in life. But, um, moving along earlier, we discussed accountability. And within our industry, you've kind of become the master of accountability. Every time someone thinks something is off, they send it directly to you. Yeah. I can't imagine how much you get hit up about things, but what's the line for you? Because so much comes across your desk. We, we were just on a little break and something came across your desk as we were on yeah. that little tiny break. What's the line for you? If like, all right, this isn't a big deal or this gets reported. So uh, for me, you know, I... We have, we have prison rules here. <laughs> no kitty touchers, nobody that hurts kids. Yep. Thieves, absolutely not. Those are my three big ones. Yeah. You know, the thieves, the kid touchers, and the, the people who hurt children. Yeah. And everything else is, you know, is is it a influencer or is it the influence? Because sometimes you got like, you know, some girl, some guy with a thousand, two thousand followers. Most of them are fake. Yeah. And they're editing their shit. And it's like. Well, why are they doing this? Yeah. You know, because they saw somebody else doing it. Yeah. It's got 200, 300. That's the influencer. Go up to them. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, you know, can I actually prove it? Am I telling a story that's true? I get a lot of messages from people. And if it's all text. Yeah. All te if you're sending me a story, you should be able to send me the screenshot or a mug shot or a record yeah. or a link. And I should be able to know exactly what it is yeah. based off of looking that without any further elaboration. If the story needs massaged and I need to trust you on this and all this shit, I don't take it. Absolutely not. Yep. Some girl was in my inbox yesterday. I'll tell you this. I, I haven't told anybody this and yeah. I was going to blow up on my stories yesterday. Let's go. But, but I didn't. So this is behind the scenes. Oh, so. I get a message, a frantic message from a girl. And she's like, oh my God, like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what the story that you're dropping is, but like, please let me know. I don't want my business to get impacted. And I was like, I was like, lady, what are you talking about? And a little behind the scenes here. I don't tell fucking anybody before yeah. I'm doing a story. Yeah. If I talk to you about something, that means I'm not doing it for a while. Yeah. So if I tell any of my close friends something, even Catherine is, yeah. Catherine is my girlfriend is probably the only person that knows when this shit is going out. Yeah. She don't tell anybody because she knows how it is. Yeah. So if somebody tells you, gets in your inbox and tells you I'm doing a story. Yeah. They're full of shit. Yeah. So this girl is saying, Oh, you know, I don't, I want to protect my business. I don't know what the story is, but can you like help me what's going on? And I was like, you need to help me. What are you talking about? <laughs> and she sends me all these screenshots from this anonymous account. And they're like, Goob's doing this. This girl's evil. She's doing this and you're sponsoring her and you're going to get roped into it. And Goob said, he's going to take you down too. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And so I was did like, you okay, even know who this person was? No fucking idea. Okay. It was an it was like a burner account. I was like, no yeah. fucking idea. So I mess I I was like, here's my phone number, call me. Call, hey, just peace of mind. Yeah. I'm not doing the story. And I told her what I just told you. If somebody tells you I'm doing a story, yeah. I'm not doing it because yeah. I don't tell anybody. Because yeah. that's how to blow a story apart is to tell somebody that you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. And so I messaged the burner account and I was like, Hey, who what's your real account? What's going on here? And she actually tells me. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> so, oh, this so is I juicy. And the first thing I do is I screenshot it and I send it to the woman. And I was like, here's who's harassing you, by the way. And then I click our messages. And our messages are, it's like, so like iPhone, right? Yeah. Her and me. Yeah. It's, and me saying, wow. And then, 
like the whole side just yeah just overblowing you up and i and it was like i just described where i was like if it's all text and no screenshots then i'm not doing this shit i'm fascinating but i said what were the accusations can can you share with the accusation no man it was like it was all over the place this girl's evil and she's a manipulator and she does this and she doesn't like women and i was like (laughs) i I have a note real fast i have a note (laughs) i hear this all the time that all right in bodybuilding, we don't have enough former athletes. And let me tell you why I know that. Because every fucking coach gets called a narcissistic manipulator. Let me tell you what a fucking sports coach is. There's someone who manipulates the psyche of their athlete and the phys- yep. the physiology of their athlete to get the absolute most out of that person. I would say there is not a... A single good coach that doesn't have some narcissist traits. No, you have that, to. Because yeah, it's, when it's, you it's, ask do me. Do you use it for good or do you use it for bad? Exactly. And if you use it for good, well, that's fine. We're trying to get something, get more out of you. Yes. That makes sense to me. The narcissism of me personally. I'm, I'm only going to speak for myself on this. I think I'm the absolute best bodybuilding coach in the world. I think if you give me any of the top 10 at the Olympia in any division, I'm going to make them better. That's completely fucking narcissistic, understanding how good there's co- how good these guys' coaches are, right? Yeah. I believe it. I will die on that hill, and you couldn't ever take that away from me. That is complete narcissism. But that belief in myself, my clients then calibrate that back to me and they give that back to me and now you're manipulating the way they operate because it's like hey we can get you there i know for a fact we can get you there that that's that's part of being you think nick saban the greatest coach of all time isn't manipulating the shit out of his players when they're down 14 at halftime in a rivalry game on the road it is a mind game dude yeah like that's what all of this is and like that's the most common thing that people throw like i get it from anonymous accounts constantly like oh you narcissist you manipulate like yeah dude oh, that was jim jim snark they hated you J- well there's there's you know one main I person think they left on you there. alone though did, did they i saw the yeah. shoot that that the one person was back on instagram recently and i was like oh good to see you again <laughs> uh, yeah well i can't even remember what her name was but i remember she took a hiatus yeah i i refuse was... to say her name on my podcast and give her that publicity <laughs> but wait, that when, was a time to be alive that was insane someone that i just went over the moon for was on was the one running the gym snark stuff that was absolutely crazy but hey back Backstory: If you're listening yeah. to this, there were, uh, there's a, a subreddit called Jim Snark, and it's like uh, some sometimes they're funny. It's like yeah. they're poking fun at influencers and stuff, which influencers need to have. They need to be poked fun at. Yeah, some of them are. You know, but they would sometimes take really aggressive and rude approaches towards like women's bodies and women's yeah. faces, and they they just be really fucked up about it, like talking about oh, look at her fucking lips, can't believe that. Oh my god, duck face. And they just say really rude shit. And uh, they hate Justin for yeah. whatever reason. They hate James Aote for whatever reason. Yeah. Aote, however you say his last name. Yeah. They hate all these people. And they would make these like fake burner accounts to just pretty much harass these people. Yeah. And I, I don't even know how the fuck I did it. But I found out a bunch of their real identities yeah. and linked them to their accounts. And then there was one girl in particular that actually knew Justin. Yeah. 
and uh, and I sort of piecemealed it together. And she was harassing somebody else yeah. that was in this whole Mahaley fold. And uh, I just blew her shit apart with a video. Yeah, and it's still on my page. If you guys want to yeah. scroll down, it, that was funny. absolutely insane to me. Like I had guesses, and then when you called me, you called me the one day I was coming from my haircut. And you call, I didn't even know you were looking into it. I don't think, I don't think I knew. <laughs> and Do you remember you, that? No, you guys did because you threw me a name and you were like, yep, yep. 99.99999. And I was wrong. And I was like, I was wrong. wrong. And yeah. then you called me and you said, what does this name mean to you? And my goop, I forgot this person existed. The, the most irrelevant human of all time. <laughs> when I fired her, I didn't fire her until I had another job lined up for her with another company that I'm friends with the owners that paid the exact same. And I kept her on my payroll burning four G's, almost four G's a month for four fucking months when she was what doing did that nothing. Get you? And then yeah. she's blowing me up on chip snark. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> These people are insane. All right. But, you bring up James, and he's better known as, as Team Atlas. James Atlas, yeah. um, you know, arguably the best bikini coach in the world. At the absolute worst, world, he's top sure. three. Um, dude has always been stand up to me, extremely kind to me. Um, every time I see him, I'm genuinely happy. I give him a nice little handshake or a little hug or a dab up or whatever. I wish him luck. He's always locked in and tuned in with his athletes. I know that he cares a ton about his people, but people love hating on this guy. He's so polarizing to people. Do you think one of the reasons he's so polarizing is because he actually stands up for himself, whereas the rest of us coaches, when we get attacked, we just like let it fucking happen and fly? Or what about James? Do you think people like hold on to this and grasp onto this? All he does is win. And all he does is produce. He just James produces. Is, it's like... He's that he's the person where it's like if he wins, he's bragging about it. Yeah. And people hate that shit. Yeah. He is he's I think he is legitimately probably one of the best, if not the best, bikini coach in the fucking world. Yeah. He's he takes absolutely everybody. I think he had like eleven girls in the Olympia. Like just, yeah. How the fuck do you even accomplish that? Yeah. Everybody goes to him. Everybody knows if you go to him, you're getting results. Yeah. He's very short yeah. with his athletes, but he is very accurate with yes. his athletes. And I think that he uh, he just has a very abrasive personality that I think some people don't know how to how to handle. Yeah, you know, like to me, I look at it and he's an entertainer. Like, yeah, you know, to me, the shit that he like the his actions and his behavior, it's like yeah. he's like you know Hulk Hogan, like yeah. being the heel or something. Like, I don't know, you know, I think he hams it up a little bit to be like, oh, I am the best, yeah, know, type of shit. Because it's inter- you know it's entertainment. Um, and and anytime you know something happens and and his side, people are like. Time to get him. Yeah, but, dude. You know, it's like, I mean, he's he's an abrasive person, but he's yeah. not doing anything different than any of us are doing. No, it's it's not this. You know, this this is not the sport of health. No, bodybuilding is not the pursuit of health. No, you know, people sometimes do have. have there was an, an issue with one of his girls. Yeah, that is that was you know, hugely covered, and I think it was the Washington Post. Yeah, that shit rag. Yeah, and uh, people were going nuts about that, and they were sending it to me like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about this?" Like. I mean, I don't know. I think it's really sad. I think James posted about it and he owned it that it was really sad. And and it's uh, you know, how do you how do you prevent that? Was it you know, I, the the family they posted something about how it was you know low blood sugar and she passed out and hit her head or something? And then when that was covered and people were like, oh, it was low blood sugar. Well, that makes sense. That's a, a common thing that happens during prep. And yeah. they're like, no, 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 that wasn't what happened. And I don't even know what the you know what the deal is. But the right goalpost the goalpost kept moving on it. 
from what I understood. And then well, I had read the GoFundMe and yeah. I, I shared the thing and, and made me you to know, post about it. And from the GoFundMe, they were talking about this, you know, what had happened. And I, I basically paraphrased what had happened and posted it. Yeah. And then they messaged me and they're like, that's not what happened. I was like, so, okay. so, so her family was trying to like channel James as some bad person or something. Is that correct? When bad shit happens to people, yeah. when bad things happen to people, when somebody dies or bad things happen to people, people yeah. go crazy about money and blame. Yeah. And it's just how it is. I mean, I've had a lot of death in my family and it's always money and blame. Whose okay. fault was this and how do we get money for it? And, uh... and it's it's sad. It's like a coping thing. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's like, holy shit, James has probably 500 athletes. Yeah. There's somebody that's going to, you know, have something untoward happen to them. Yeah. And if it was all of them or most of them, then, you know, we'd look at him as like a, you know, you're the, you know, the hell bringer. But if yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, how many athletes have you run through? Oh, God. Total? Oh, over a thousand. I've worked with over well a thousand over a thousand people. For me, yeah, a little, a little over a thousand yeah. in the last several years. And, yeah. you know, there's been some that have definitely had health complications. Absolutely. And I think that that is probably proportionate to the number that would just have had health complications Yeah, out of a thousand people, Yeah, no matter what. You yeah. know, it's like people get sick. People yeah. have issues. I have a, a really close friend. He's a big influencer. He just had a a, a heart situation where he oh, you know, shoot, had to really? go and, and had to do a stints yeah. in his heart. And it's like, it's is he okay now? Game. Yeah, he's good. He's, yeah, good. He's, he's a tough dude, tough yeah. Italian dude. Yeah. But he... He's not out there blaming some, you know, somebody that coached him. He's yeah. like, I've taken, you know, stuff for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's just how it goes. Black builds up or whatever it is. Yeah, and it gets stints yep. put in. I've had I've had two people that have worked with me in the past, and and I mean, I'm talking literally two people. I've worked with over a thousand individuals, probably fifteen hundred, maybe even two thousand. I've been doing this freaking ten years now. Two people have had issues, and both of those people went through contest preps with me and then left me within the weeks immediately following the show. Didn't go through a reverse. I didn't know yeah. I, I got one check-in from one of the people and then no more check-ins. So they didn't go through any sort of reverse phase. Any sort, They just completely fell off. They, they, That's what happened to uh, Shane. Yeah. When they, they, they the Washington Post covered all... That article, by the way, we'll talk about it for a second. That article yeah. covered a whole bunch of shit that had nothing to do. They call, covered Luke. I know. Which was, they're like, oh, it was bodybuilding related. Like, was it yeah. really? Yeah. And, I know. Uh, but they covered a, a, a client and they put it on Shane Hughley. Yeah. And he hadn't had her for six months. Yeah. Yeah. It was, she died six months later. I know. It was, it's a, I know. It's his fault. <laughs> you, I know. You, you worked with them once. Now it's their fault to the end of time. Like, what's I the know. cutoff here? WAPO? So so, what, what was the, what's the, what's their motivation? Why the fuck does Washington Post care about bodybuilding? The the guy who wrote the article, his dad was the okay. one who did Generation Iron, okay, originally, or Pumping Iron originally. Okay, he was like the producer, the guy who wrote it, and uh, I think he felt like, let me carry this torch, you know. Interesting, you, dad. The informants that they had lee thompson was an informant oh you know who god lee thompson yeah is? he got kicked out of texas a long ass time ago 2015 because he created the npc the yeah inspire physique committee yeah he he was upset because they were kicking him out of the mm -hmm. npc he made his own npc and then got fucking sued to shit by the npc yeah for pretending to be the npc yeah bad blood between them do you know lee why thompson's he got kicked name, out 
Yes. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm actually. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to cover it on my podcast, given I'm a sponsor here in Texas. So I. I shouldn't talk about it, but yeah, we'll ask that. <laughs> you know, a, a guy that I totally, you know, don't trust as far as I can throw him. Yeah, and then he's their main informant in this. Uh, yeah, shit. it's Lee Thompson. I I'm didn't know that. The, the first article on the sexual abuse. Yeah, know, they were talking about JM. Yeah, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, Lee Thompson says, I'm like, the fuck. And yeah. then he looked into the the backgrounds of the two women that had testified. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he did this to me. And the first one was a Las Vegas police officer that had literally this last year, the year before they filmed, she had criminal charges filed against her for workers' comp fraud. And her no husband, way. the following year, they're police officers and they were pretending to be injured. No and then they got way. footage of them in the gym still training. And so, the, you know, they're like, they arrested them. They did time for this shit. Like they have no felonies way. on the records for this shit. And I'm like, the 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 two people that you have in the story is Lee Thompson, yeah. the biggest like the biggest enemy of the NPC yeah. ever. They literally litigated against him, and then the second one is a woman who has been arrested for lying about other shit oh in the context of like God. Come on. That These is are the terrible. best people you can find. Yeah. If you're the Washington Post, you should be ashamed of yourself at this moment. Yeah. The, me when I do a story, I I'm not gonna put somebody's information out there. Yeah. Somebody could cross examine them yep. and find anything poor, yep. anything terrible. Yep. No, no way, no how. Yeah. Like I just did the USPA. I was covering the powerlifting stuff. Yeah. There's another federation called the USPC. I had to use them as an example in one of my stories, but the USPC has an owner or a part owner who is a pedophile. <sighs> and so I didn't just throw out and use the USPC as like a bastion yep. of hope. Yeah. I said, hey guys, by the way, they're dirty too. Yeah. Here's their dirt, just so you know. You're Washington Post, and you know that this girl has all this fraud shit that I can Google in two seconds, yeah. and you're going to run her anyway. Yeah. You know that Lee Thompson's name's in the article, and I can Google it, you can Google it, and figure out exactly who he is and the bad blood he had before all this shit. Yep. Like, come on, man. But this shows how dummied down that news outlets have made American society, that now you just follow like sheep, and you just... You, yep. you ever seen an Australian Shepherd go herd sheep in? Every time I see that, <laughs> I mean, that's truly what news outlets do to, to people, and I'm not trying to make this political whatsoever, but that's what the Washington Post was capitalizing on, was, hey, you know, no one's going to go Google these people, no one's going to figure out, you know, what these people's dirt are, what their background is, but... <laughs> I haven't brought this up yet on my podcast, but since it's been brought up, J.M. Mannion is a close friend of mine. That is someone who yeah. I absolutely love, someone who I adore, someone who he's supported me for long before I had any sort of name or coaching resume in this industry. He's always taken tons of time. We have some of the best conversations of anyone that I've ever met in my life. J.M. Mannion has treated my girls with nothing but respect and pride yeah. with his work, complete dignity, love, and, and you can tell every time you chat with him, this sport, he loves the sport of life. bodybuilding. This it's is his, his everything. Fucking life, but bro. you know what else? He loves Debbie and he loves his wife so yep. much. And seeing JM get attacked by the Washington Post just set me on absolute fire. So I will put my name next to him every single day of the week because JM, that's a good man. I know you for know, a fact. That's why I went man. crazy on the Olympia. Yep. I went crazy at the Olympia. Now, fuck Dan JM. Sullivan for not, bringing, for not allowing JM in. Yep. That that's fucked. That's completely fucked. Yep. Yet they allow 
this is a complete side tangent, but they allow that girl, I don't, don't say her name on this podcast, but they allow that girl to show up lying about everything, show up, checks into the show, lies about going to the ER, apparently lies about going to the ER. She never actually steps on stage. She's at Olympia finals acting like she's just fine and just healthy. But she, what, what you covered her story. Yep. You covered that person's story. Like, again, I really don't want her name said on here, but sure. give background as to this woman was allowed to compete at the Olympia and JM with nothing but false accusations wasn't even allowed yeah. there. Go ahead and share that a little bit. I mean, she's got, you know, she, that's her record. And, and I know they know her record because yep. I pulled it from the county where it was filed. Yep. I had all of the paperwork and that has the information report, which says exactly what happened. Yeah, which has, and you can see the whole progression of it. It was like sixty files or something. Wow. And I had messaged uh, his name is blanking me right now. The owner of the yeah. Olympia, What's Dan Sullivan. No, no, no. That's the second hand. Uh, Dan Solomon's the second uh, hand guy. His uh, why can't I remember his name? Jake, Jake Wood. Wood. Jake yep. Wood. I was for some reason I was thinking it's Steve Cook, and this doesn't Steve Cook. <laughs> Jake Wood. <laughs> Steve Cook. <laughs> so Jake Wood had reached out to me when I because I was. He owns Wings of Strength and he yep. owns Olympia. Yep. And he reached out to me when I was I was shitting on Wings of Strength, like, yo, your athlete is a pile of shit. Yeah. Come on, you gotta get rid of her. Yeah. And they were like, really like, ah, we'll look into it, we'll look into it. And uh he's messaging me and he's like, Can you send me all where you got the whatever? And I was like, I'll do you one better. I can send you copies of it. Yeah. And uh I emailed it to them. So like they saw the same shit we all saw. Yeah. And that shit was nasty. Nasty. Bro, like it was not 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 easy to read no. not easy to digest no. and if you read it you wouldn't ever want to even be in the same room as this human being yeah and uh you know he, so he had all of that and then they made the decision to ban jm she covered up her boyfriend inappropriately treating her daughter no she covered up her boyfriend molesting her daughter he got 66 yeah. years 66 years for child molestation. Oh boy. Six, six. Oh my You know God. how many fucking years that is, bro? Oh That's God. forever. That's the rest of you his know life. How hard it is. You know how hard it is to get convicted for that many years? A murder for gets 30 anything. years. 66 years he got for all the counts and all the whatever and Jesus all the other 66 years. Wait, is he sure. serving time or no? He's still there. Wow. And she He's tried covering there. up for him. And she, she was allowed to compete at the Olympia, but JM wasn't allowed to be there. Yeah, she tried bribing her child in the information paperwork. She tried bribing her child with a Pomeranian puppy. Yep, yep, that's right. And that's the, right. The family had told me that they had, she had given the child a puppy before all of this. Yeah. And then gave the dog away because it was too much work. And so yep. she was pulling at the child's heartstrings because it wanted a puppy so bad yep. to lie to the police and say yep. that never happened. And I made it all up and I'll give you a Pomeranian, which is the most disgusting piece of shit human being thing I've ever heard of. Absolutely unforgivable. What a fucking loser. So we have what that one. And There's, she was allowed there, though. And she, she was, was allowed there. In the stadium. Yeah. She yeah. could watch. She could be on stage if she really wanted to, I suppose. Yeah. And so yeah. I went fucking crazy, bro. I was nuts on them for that. Yep. I was DMing him, talking mad shit the yep. whole time. Like, yep. I'm going to do a video. I'm going to interrupt this whole shit. Yep. And uh, then they, I, I think, I think the truth is, I think they pulled her aside and they were like, sorry. <laughs> I don't disagree with your take on that because from what I heard, I also heard it from you. Um I heard independently that she was being completely outcast by everyone oh, yeah. who was there. Well, there's a, they have a video from the check-in. Okay. And 
they call everybody's name and their number yeah and they actually edit through and take her name out go no watch it way. on the npc news online website they edit her name out and you just see her grabbing her packet because oh. they they you know announce all the oh you know blah, 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 come yeah Andrew Shaw. yeah and uh they get to number eight which was her and oh. you know, they don't announce her name. They actually clip the footage without announcing her because, and I don't know if it was just to, as like a, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Or if they announced her name and people booed or I don't know. Because oh. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But you know what? You know what pisses me off? If it wasn't for you, we would have no idea. If it wasn't yeah, for it you doing this work, we would be absolutely clueless that this is even happening. And I think that's completely unfair to us. And well, it's actually not true. Because people were aware of this situation. Okay. However, she had characterized it in an entirely different light. Ah. And none of what she said showed up on her paperwork. Of course. Because she had done a, a podcast about this. Okay. And it has been since deleted or and uh, or is an Instagram live that yeah. was, was up and then isn't up anymore. Okay. But she had mischaracterized it and, and told a whole different story. And okay. So where we're at right now. We so you you talked earlier about you know all these people have you know narcissistic tendencies. Are you going to use it for good or are you going to use it for bad? Huh. Right now, like this is the bad. Like this is this the, is the real bad, disgustingly ugly side. This the Lydia Knoll situation who faked cancer to you know get money and things like that. All right, my overall perception of bodybuilding is that this is still a very positive sport. I mean, I look at the NFL and I'm looking at Tua Tagovailoa and I know that you don't follow things super closely, but, you know, he's someone, he had like, he probably, he had four cases off the top of my head where you can see him get concussed this year and he continues to be thrown back out there, right? Like the NFL has a lot of dirt, right? The NBA, Major League Baseball, we know that there's things happening that, you know, in every sport that's entertainment, that's, that's less than ideal. I believe that the evils of bodybuilding are still heavily outweighed by the positives of bodybuilding. But that being said, we need more accountability, in my opinion, at the indiv individualistic level. Because, see, when you're an NFL player, you're a superstar. You're in front of everyone every single week, and there's media and you know all that stuff. See, bodybuilding's not there yet. I can absolutely yeah. see the way that it's growing and the way C-Bums popularized this sport that you know it could get to that level. Um, it's never going to be like the NFL, but it can be as big in terms of media availability, answering to people, the accountability, right? Yeah. Where we're at right now, we have a lot of people, we have Olympians photoshopping pictures. <laughs> we have Olympians photoshopping pictures from the Olympia. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. We have people that are doing these really nasty, dirty things. Would you say that, I mean, I mean, these are mental disorders. For sure, man. For sure. What do you, what, what, what's causing this? I mean, I, I'm not talking, you're not a psychiatrist. You're not a psychologist. You are in deeper on all of this and receiving information, you know, faster and more readily than, you know, any of us listening to this are. Well, yeah. So what, I mean, what's causing this? It's, you know, you, you just described bodybuilding as like, you know, a fringe sport yeah. kind of like in the corner on the side. Yeah. And you know, the, people don't like to go into the light if they're dirty. Yeah. You know, I've been covering powerlifting this whole week, yeah. which is 
I would say maybe an even smaller sport than bodybuilding, probably yeah. by metrics. Yeah. The biggest federation has like 20,000 registered members. Oh, yeah, that's way smaller. I think the NPC has way, 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 way more. more. Yeah. And uh, it's like that attra- it's an attractive thing for it to be like a small fringe sport. Yeah. Involves a lot of drug use. Yeah. You know, nobody's really checking up on them. That the USPA didn't do background checks on any of their officials. I don't even think the NPC does background checks no. on officials. It's a very comfortable place for a dirty human being to go. Okay. It's not like, you know, you're going to be a police officer or you're like, you know, watching children and they're going to background check. It's like, oh, he's, you know, I, I take drugs, I work yeah. out, I interact with these people. There's, it's like, a, it's not watched because there's nobody. The fact, like, I don't do anything special, bro. I Google and I yeah. type shit into Pacer. You know, I have a Pacer account, which is like, you know, a, a, you can look up court documents and shit. Like, okay. it's not that hard. I Google most of the time. I, I run shit on like mediocre base level background checks. Yeah. This shit is all easily available. And a lot of these people, they know nobody's ever going to look into it and it's never going to be found because nobody fucking looks. Okay. Cause a lot of them are dirty. So you feel like people are just able to hide behind this mask and this facade and, and, you know, in bodybuilding, um, so if you go on like LeBron James' Instagram account, right? He's going to have like 100 million followers. And, you know, all the comments are from people. He's so ungodly and unrealistic that he's not relatable for people. These yeah. people in this bodybuilding community, these professional bodybuilders, every time they post, it's the same thing in the comments that you see LeBron getting. King, queen, you're a god. You're all of these things. You're telling me that for you get told this time over time over time over time for years and years and years of exposure that's getting to your head and you're taking a person who's already narcissistic anyone who's you know trying <laughs> to you know better their physique and and performances level of professional bodybuilding has some narcissistic traits already anabolic steroids drive narcissism in people as well just due to the psychological component of them you're taking these people now you're putting them on this massive pedestal king queen god whatever i want to be like you i want to be like you they i think these people think that they become invincible and they don't understand how to come back down to earth and bring themselves back down into what reality is where we're at right now go ahead no i mean it's i'm i mean like i'm a fucking nobody but like i recently kind of experiencing this thing where like more people pay attention to me absolutely it was weird bro like i i have gotten recognized at my own little dungeon gym a couple times (laughs) i love that for you yeah i I was thinking about this just yesterday actually so it's cool that you brought that up and my thoughts were I need to make sure that my act is extremely clean because more people pay attention to me now. Yes. And it, and like, I'm motivated to like be better because yeah. more people are paying attention to me. And a lot of these fucking people, they go the opposite direction where they're like, I have a shield. Yep. I'm important. And I, I can, I have the eyes of 2 million people of yep. 2000. No, I'm a piece of shit. Who cares? Yep. And I'm looking at it. Like, I don't want any, like there's so no. many, I don't want any of you, you know, the couple people that know who I am. I don't want any of you, to think that I'm a piece of shit. That's how I'm addressing it. And that's how I'm looking at it. And I run into so many people that I cover stories on where it's quite the opposite. Yeah. What you just described too big to fail. Yeah. I don't understand how, like, it makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me nervous. I'm like, Yo, somebody's gonna find my Xbox yep. Live. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and like, in that game yeah, with me. yeah, I'm and, done. And, 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 and you're gonna be ruined. 
But yeah. the way to change all of this is accountability from a monetary standpoint, in my opinion, because now the dollars in this industry are getting absolutely massive. So yeah. I want to wrap up here, but I want your opinion on you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, hey, man. I think that I've got the sauce to really make it in this industry. I think that I've got something. I can work hard. I have a mentality. I have a voice. I have knowledge that people need to hear. Where do you start from right now in this muddied, oversaturated, watered-down industry where everyone's kind of posting the same stuff and it's hard to separate yourself? Where the hell do you go? But also, as you're going along, like, What's the accountability to make sure you're getting told you're a God, you're a goddess, you're on this pedestal, that it doesn't affect you in a psychological manner? What do you think people should do right now to just simply get to that level? I mean, uh, so like people talk about leaders and followers, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk about it as a leader in a definite context. And when I say leader, you're thinking of like somebody with people following them. Mm -hmm. People can be leaders in different areas, right? Like maybe you're not a leader in coaching, but you're a leader in some other nuance that is connected to it that would still inspire people to hire you. Mm -hmm. uh, there's tons of accounts that we were literally just talking about Shelby Starnes. The first thing I knew about Shelby Starnes was his texts with his training philosophies. Okay. I didn't know him for his photos of transformations. So Shelby was not a leader to me in being a coach, but he was a leader to me in giving me these good things to think about on a okay. daily basis whenever he would post them. So I think, don't think of yourself as, you know, in order to, to be big on social media, I have to fall into any of these three brackets that I already know exist. Mm -hmm. I fell into a bracket that didn't fucking exist. Yeah, you created your own. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm a leader in that. Yep. But I wasn't a leader in, when I was coaching people, I had 3,000 followers. I always had a full roster of clients, but yeah. I had no fucking following. Nobody knew who the fuck I was. Yeah. I wasn't a leader in that. Matt Jansen is a leader in that. Matt yeah. Jansen has a bazillion and everybody knows that he's the guy. Yeah. The guy on top. Yeah. So he's a leader and found a leader in that, but I found yeah. a leader in a different avenue that still complemented the shit that I want to do. The yep. fitness world that I still make all of my money in. Yep. So if, if it's not, you know, post the transformations and I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Find something else that you can be a leader in because there's something nobody's only a follower. There's not a single fucking person that was born that is only a follower. You are a leader in something. You either are too afraid to figure it out or you just haven't found it yet and you will. And I'm, what, 32 years old now? Yeah. I've been doing this shit that we're talking about right now for the last six months. So yeah. It's probably not too late for you either. Yeah. I just yeah. figured it out late. Dude, I love that because Ross and I have talked recently on podcasts about finding your identity, understanding your uniqueness and things like that because right now you, I think it was you that recently made a post about everyone's trying to be C-bum. Like everyone's got the same haircut and everyone's got the same XYZ and everyone's the same clothes and everyone's got the same piercing and all that fucking shit, yeah. right? Stop. You're, yeah. I promise, I promise, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're not the next C-bum. You're not the next fucking, you're not, you're not Jen Dory. Like, I promise you're not the next Mr. Well, it's because only Jen Dory is Jen Dory and only C-bum, C-bum. Yeah. Be your fucking So self. who Somebody's the fuck are out. you? Because when you are yourself, that's where people find you and love you and embrace you. Just like all of you found this podcast who you, and you guys have made this podcast huge. Just like all of you found John Dorsey and made Goob a household name. It's because we're just ourselves. Huh. We're just chilling. We're ourselves. Hey. And another thing, even the dumbest person, the dumbest person in the world can discover if you're real or fake. Yeah. And it's it's not always that they realize it, you know, at the forefront of their brain, but they figure it out eventually. Yeah. And if you are marketing yourself to this like 
think of the the level of intellect of people that you're reaching if you're yeah. a big fake piece of shit and they're believing it. Yeah. You know it's fake. And you're yep. like, damn, all my people must be fucking lukewarm intelligence yep. because I'm fake and they're buying it. Yeah. You don't have, you know, the, all these people I do stories on, they don't have this loyal fan base that ever comes after me. No. Because all the people are like, duh, they're yeah. fake. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe it. No. Their mind's just blown. They don't know yeah. what's up. You're, 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 you're completely spot on with that. The dumbest person still has enough intelligence. And then to be like, yeah, this person isn't very aligned in whatever message they're sending. So, Goob, awesome fucking stuff here. I, I, I loved some of the insight that was brought in here. It's great fucking seeing you, man. It's great chatting with you. Tell the people where they can find you on Instagram because I've completely lost count of how many Instagram accounts you've had. Don't, don't, find, me. don't find me on Instagram. Don't, don't even, you'll, you'll see it. Somebody will post it and you're like, that was that guy. That's, so the, that's the goob in, guy. If you type in goob, there's a labyrinth that comes up. You know, Dude, how many, how many accounts do you have? You want me to count right now? Yeah, yeah. I want to know how many accounts you have. And, and the reason be, people keep like reporting Goob as like a fraudulent person or like they're trying to get him. I know Sam Canado was like really trying no, to I like. I know exactly who it was. Oh, no way. And that's a story that I can do another day. Oh. I'll tell you later. Oh. I, know exactly I can't who it was. wait to hear who it was. Screenshots to prove Yeah. It. I can't wait to hear who it was. It's going to be fierce. Yeah. Basically, they were reporting my account for impersonation. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a trick. They've now fixed it, which is kind of nice because you can no longer get reported for impersonation. Yeah. But it was a, uh, they would make, they have, say, a, a burner account that has yeah. 300,000 followers on it. They changed their profile photo to you. Yeah. They changed their name on Instagram, something similar to yours. Yeah. They changed their bio to yours. They put your website, they put a couple of your videos up. Yeah. And then they report it to Instagram. I'm being impersonated. And then they get 100 or 200 bots that they control yep. to report the same. No shit. And then Instagram looks at it and they say, okay, this guy's got 50,000 followers. This guy's got 400,000. Wow. This guy must be the real one. And then they put you in a timeout and they yep. say, send us your ID and uh, we'll figure it out. Now, the problem there is it takes them like four weeks to yeah. process this at the time. Yeah. They since fixed it and it's like the same day. Okay. They redo it. So it's not a big complication. But okay. that happened to me over and over and wow. over. I. The problem for them is it caused me to create. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. It caused me to create more accounts. Yeah. So I have one that's at like 52,000 now. Yeah. My my primary backup is at 31,000 now. Jesus. I have a video that just hit a million views on that one, which is no like way. Because I just post shit there and I never pay attention. Yep. And I looked the other day and I was yep. like, what the fuck? Like, how did this, this blow up? Kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid was actually really nice, but it was yeah. like, it just took off. I was yeah. Like, yeah, this kid gets bullied every day. Oh, no. <laughs> but I have one, two, three, four, five, six accounts. Unbelievable. Wow. A man of the people. That is persistence, people. That you know what? Name of the game, persistence, baby. Don't give up. Goob, thank yeah. you for joining me. Thank you for your time. I know you're incredibly busy. It was awesome chatting with you. Um, we'll chat again soon, okay, bud? Thank you, my friend. All right, guys. Next time, it'll be even more fire. I'll see you soon. <laughs>